It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, November 12, 2020. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Seven more Sitkins tested positive for the coronavirus on Wednesday. Five men and two women tested positive, most receiving testing within the last week. One of the women is a non-resident, the rest are residents. Some were experiencing symptoms and some were not. Six of the patients are isolating locally, according to information on the city's COVID-19 dashboard. Two patient cases are classified as secondary, meaning they had known contact with a person who tested positive for the virus. Another case is tied to travel. City data does not specify how the virus was transmitted to the other four patients. Sitka health officials have now reported 120 coronavirus cases since the start of the pandemic. As of Wednesday afternoon, 26 of those cases were considered active according to city data, and the city's alert level remains high. The Sitka School District has pivoted to remote learning, and the Mount Edgecombe High School campus remains closed to visitors. The Sitka Assembly approved a new COVID-19 resolution on Tuesday. It asked Sitkins to take several health precautions in an effort to slow the spread of the coronavirus and keep Sitka's schools open. And while some Sitkins voiced support for the resolution, several called for the Assembly to take stronger action, like revisiting its previous discussion on mask mandates. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. Member Tor Christensen, who co-sponsored the resolution with Kevin Mosher, said when they wrote it, there were only a few active COVID-19 cases in town. By the time the resolution made it to the assembly table on Tuesday, local coronavirus numbers had increased with record active cases, and the Sitka School District had just announced that it would move to remote learning for a week in response. I was hoping to say, we're doing great and really focus on the airport. Uh, we're not doing as great now, but we could be if we just are, are, have courtesy for each other. The new resolution, quote, strongly encourages Sitkins to use airport coronavirus testing when traveling and asks that anyone traveling or returning to Sitka quarantine and take a second test seven days after arrival. It also asks Sitkins to wear masks in public places, practice social distancing, and use drive through or curbside options at businesses. It's not an order or a mandate, though. Sitkins are asked to, quote, respectfully comply, but the resolution is not enforceable by law. Several people spoke in support of the resolution. Others, like Charles Hart, spoke more specifically to the issue of masking in the community. I would like to ask everybody in town to wear masks, be cautious, and be kind. If we don't deal with this spike, I do believe the state will eventually act to mandate masks and potentially do another shutdown. But by that time, I worry it's going to be too late. Hart asked that the Assembly try to find a way to implement a mask mandate locally. In July, the Assembly rejected a resolution ordering mask wearing in public spaces. The strongly worded but legally unenforceable resolution received a mixed response from the public and stalled out at the table on a split vote. Several weeks later, the Assembly passed a similar resolution that, quote, highly encouraged mask wearing instead. During public comment, Patty Dick voiced support for the new COVID-19 resolution, but also said she hoped the Assembly would reconsider a mask mandate or something similar in the future. We need help getting through the winter. The assembly, I think, should at least, if they don't do a mandate, I think they should at least require that businesses require mask making. 
Charles Dean said he was indifferent to Tuesday's resolution, but should the assembly ever consider a more stringent mask mandate, he did not support the, quote, criminalization of non-mask wearing in public. And I have no problem wearing a mask wherever I'm told to. I have to do it in my grocery store, my doctor's office, my dentist's office, and I'll do that because I need those services. I'll play the game. But to st- for somebody to suggest to this community, to this body, that we need to criminalize people walking around outside with masks is insane. Member Kevin Mosher, who co-sponsored the resolution, said he would not support more stringent legislation like a mask mandate if it came before the assembly for consideration. I believe that would be a serious mistake and would backfire. I believe that we would have probably have some lawsuits. We'd probably have inevitably more people not wearing just because they don't like being told what to do. And member Rebecca Hemshute, who was in favor of the resolution, pointed out the section that discouraged harassment of individuals who choose not to comply with the city's new recommended guidelines. We're not encouraging people to become vigilantes about what other people should do, but we are encouraging people to take responsibility for themselves. And I think Dr. Zink and the governor have said repeatedly, the only thing that's going to make a difference here is personal choice. So if we just all make a good, positive personal choice, this is going to work out. The resolution passed unanimously. It is in effect until the state and federal disaster declarations are lifted. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. Late Tlingit scholars Nora Kehokne and Richard Dauenhauer once dedicated the first volume of their book, Classics of Tlingit Literature, to Tlingit orators, quote, living, departed, and to come, peacemakers between eternity and time. The couple carried the knowledge of Southeast Alaska's native languages into the 21st century. Recently, the Federal Institute of Museum and Library Services awarded Sea Alaska Heritage Institute a two-year grant to process and digitally publish a massive collection of Tlingit and Haida documents archived for the late scholars. Pablo Peña with K2OO reports on the effort for Southeast Alaska's native language revitalization. The late Nora Kelkne Marks Downhauer has a conversation with a Clinket speaker. This recording is just one part of a massive collection of Clinket language archived by Kelkne and her husband Richard. Both were renowned as the most important scholars in Clinket oral literature, pivotal in archiving the Clinket language along with Haida. They co-edited the four-volume series Classics of Clinket Oral Literature and were two-time winners of the American Book Award. Richard passed away in 2014, Nora in 2017, but what they left behind will last for generations. They came up with, with a, a method that's kind of the standard now um, people are taking this as a starting point and, and are enhancing it and further, further developing it, but, but it all started with the Dauenhauers. That's Chuck Smith, Director of Culture and History at the Sealaska Heritage Institute. The Dauenhauer Literary Estate is a massive inventory of fieldwork documents and audio collections of both Clinket and Haida languages. The estate is made up of several dozen boxes of documents and audio tape of translations and transcriptions that go back decades. Their books and files were so heavy that their house was literally splitting apart. This is a recording of Gaysan dancers performing in Juneau in 1975. The group is led by Austin Hammond and Keok Nay. It's just another small part of the estate yet to be made public. 
Will Geiger is a foremost scholar in Clinkit who's working on the project. He says much of the Clinkit oratory the Downhowers archived is to southeast Alaska what Homer is to ancient Greece. This new batch of materials, which is mostly papers. So there's going to be a lot, I'm, I'm sure we're going to come across a lot of, say, draft documents of transcriptions of recordings that just haven't been circulated or made public or published. Emily Pastor, Archives Collection Manager at SHI, is also working on the project. Without the Dauenhauer's Clinket language revival would not be where it is today, and so by making these new papers available, we could be fostering new developments in Clinket and Haida language revitalization that could not be done without them and without these papers. She says when it comes to their fieldwork, the Downhowers talked to everyday people. Pastor also says the archives will also provide a way for future generations of Clinket learners to connect to the language by giving them access to a wide range of Clinket and Haida documents. Once the project is done, the digital archive of the Dauenhauer Literary Estate will be public for everyone, not just academic researchers. In Juneau, I'm Pablo Araspeña. Taking a look at the community calendar, Sitka Sound Science Center partners with Sitka Tribe of Alaska and culture bearer Chuck Miller in a free program designed for all ages, 1 p.m. Thursday, November 12th at Totem Square. The program title, Ha-Ani, means Our Land and focuses on Shlingit culture and traditional ways of living with the land. For more information, email ktierman at sitkascience.org. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. This is morning.